The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. You've got the H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on those dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or the third-row seating gets your whole family in to experience the thrill together. The dual wireless charging pads make sure that no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead cell phone. Think about those adventurous activities you can do, like me taking a ski trip up with the family, maybe going on a camping expedition, anything and everything. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. Oh, yes, the cast of characters, it only continues. And right now, no, not Tom Fornelli. We have a cover three crossover. It is the glorious, glorious return of Chip Patterson from the cover three pod. Chip, buddy, how we doing? Oh, we're fantastic. This is uh to get in to talk a little ACC with you is uh it's 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 always good because I hope this is not my my last time being able to jump in on some March pods because as you know, I'm a loyal loyal Ion College Basketball podcast listener. I've been blown away with the way that you present both the very serious and also the very light and with the way that you've been real groundbreakers as the first podcast at CBS Sports or anywhere to ever ever go to YouTube. And so to just to, to be able to be a part of this is, is me learning, me soaking up more that I can take back to the Cover 3 podcast. Fair enough. Uh, appreciate that. We're, yeah, we're about to be the first podcast to ever go to TV, too. It's, it's amazing. We're just we're groundbreakers, trailblazers. There's no doubt about it. If you are not familiar with the great Chip Patterson, he is the co-host of the Cover 3 pod, our college football counterpoint uh, counterpart at CBS Sports, and they do an incredible, incredible job. Wonderful vibes. If you dig Ion College Basketball, and you like college football, first of all, you should already be there. But if you're not, please go find him. And a reminder off the top here, we are going to do the ACC chips right there in ACC country. Uh, please do leave us some more reviews and Apple reviews. We've we've gotten some, but you know what? A nice little injection in March would not be the worst thing. Um, you, put your bracket put, in there. There you go. Why there, not? Just, just leave want. a five star and then put your entire bracket. Chip, you will be back on more shows later this later this month. That will be happening. Um, as I said on an earlier preview episode, this is just, I feel like for the listener, and, and listen, if, if you feel this way, shout to CBS at gmail.com or leave a review. Uh, we want to just give you a slight break with just me and Parrish on every, we didn't, we didn't want to pummel you with six preview episodes and it's just me and Parrish. And frankly, if we did that, the episodes wouldn't be 18, 20, 22 minutes. They'd be longer than that. We got to get in and get out relatively quickly. So this is the ACC preview episode. And we got to get this thing into the feed pretty quick here because this year's ACC tournament will be held. Chip, where is it? Greensboro, North Carolina. That's right. And fortunately, it's not where it deserves to be. You and I both agree. Barclays Center. Taking a year off. So it goes. It's going to run 
<laughs> it's going to run Tuesday through Saturday. You know, I could even, I'm not going to, I could just step away for the next 12 to 15 minutes. I feel like you and Nada can, can just get this done. Like, you don't even need me for this episode, but Nada, I'm going to be throwing to you before we get out of here as well, because I want a, a couple thoughts from you. I also don't have the Nada welcome drop in the board yet. That's coming. I got to get the welcome drop from a couple episodes ago. Classic pod moment if you missed it. The title game in the ACC tournament will air 8.30 Eastern on ESPN on Saturday. Let's get to our storyline. Chip Patterson, as we prepare for this, frankly, 15 teams. What are we doing here? Can we just go top 12 in this league? What? It's a waste of time. But regardless, 15-team bracket, what's your storyline to know heading into the tournament? Yeah, I mean, as much as you want to say it feels like 83, 40 years since NC State's national championship, as much as you want to look at Mike Bray, can we get some sort of dream run as he continues to have the the seniors and the fighting Irish playing a little bit better? Duke's playing good basketball. Come on, man. If you're if you were talking about storyline, a story that generates conversation, we are in Greensboro, North Carolina, where so many ACC tournament games and multiple ACC tournament championships have gone to the North Carolina Tar Heels. And after losing to Duke over the weekend, North Carolina now enters, as y'all broke down on the pod, needing multiple wins against the right opponent mm-hmm. in order to be able to potentially make the NCAA tournament. And so does does the team even have the ability, given the inconsistencies that we've seen and how much that team struggles offensively, to win multiple games against the kind of opponents? Will they get the, the bracket luck that they need in order to get that line of opponents? And is there any possibility that they are one and done? And that the team, it's like, this just goes out like a fart in the wind with the Louisville BC winner stepping in there and sending them home in Greensboro. Like the range of outcomes is tremendous given what we've seen from the Tar Heels this year. And so given the setting, uh, given the fact that the history they would make in terms of not making the NCAA tournament, I promise you, I'm not just like dipping into my, my comfortable bag of what I know to me, this is the biggest storyline in the ACC tournament. A couple things here. First of all, I just had Seth Davis text me what exactly defines us versus them. Come on, yeah. Seth. If you're an every show listener, I don't need to explain. He's doing this in real time. So he, he listened to Sunday's show and the Kennesaw State stuff. It, it happened as you were going through that. Um, so that's hilarious. Uh, number two, I think you are right. And uh, to anyone listening along to this episode, either nod your head or shake it. The fact that, you know, North Carolina continues to be the dominant storyline. Many of you probably just don't want that to be the case. It just still is. It just is. Because the other ones, Duke Shire, he's done well. Like, there's something there, but it's not percolating. It's just, can Duke actually continue to play hot? And we'll get to the Blue Devils in just a minute here. I actually think another one, this will be a storyline because someone surely must ask him. Uh, Jim Beheim noted... Greensboro, North Carolina food connoisseur, if memory serves correctly. It was the Denny's that he was referencing as the, the best thing to do for dinner in Greensboro. If you're watching it's not YouTube, true, but yeah. Yeah, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the bracket up here that not as, that's put up. Syracuse, Wake Forest. Syracuse is the eight. Wake is the nine. Is he going to lose one and done? And is Jim Beheim going to coach his last game at Syracuse? Someone's going to ask him if he's going to retire. He's probably not going to give it up in the press conference. That's a an underlying plot point to this ACC tournament. Uh, if you are watching on YouTube, please smash the like button. Here are your seeds if you are listening and trying to keep up with this bracket in your in your mind. Well, no, you, you forgot the other part of that. Well, we can, we can come back to it, but 
We will. Yeah, I just want to give the. I, I wanted to get if the season. Steve earlier. Forbes bought a team and sends Jim Beheim home in Greensboro. That is the most hilarious set of circumstances. Great. That you went and bought a Tyree Appleby, and that same Tyree Appleby ended Jim Beheim's college mm. career in the city that he apparently cannot stand playing conference tournaments. At. Man, it's got such heavy Coach K Final Four vibes, doesn't it? Except so different. Except so it's different. an eight nine game at noon on a Wednesday uh, in Greensboro. That's rough. ESPN tip though: uh, Miami's the one, Virginia's the two. Clemson, a team that needs multiple wins to get into the tournament, is your three seed in the ACC tournament. Duke is the four. Pitt is the five. Wolfpack. Ooh. That's your six. Carolina's your seven, and then as Chip laid it out, Q's eight, Wake Forest nine. The Carolina stuff is the biggest storyline going in. And I would even combo that with all of the bubble cases here, and I'll get to the bubble teams with just a little tease there. There's a lot of teams, Big Ten level volume of teams that are in precarious bubble positions. Let's talk players you need to know. Here's some, I got some names, and then toss in another one or two on the pile if you want. Tyree Appleby, oh, by the way, leads the conference in scoring. 18.8 per game for Wake Forest, okay? Um, We'll see if Wake Forest can can make a little noise or not. I don't know. Uh, Kyle Filipowski, been one of the five best freshmen. Let's see if he continues. You know, he stepped up big in the the finale against Carolina. Let's see if he can continue this. Uh, Duke's got a number of guys who are... Pod listeners already know, but trying to pick at least just one guy per team, although it's impossible with NC State. Terquavion Smith and Jarkel Joyner, both averaging 17.3 per game, both apiece. Wolfpack, we got to talk about them in just a second here, uh, but they got a great one too. Uh, Isaiah Wong would be the guy I'd pick out for Miami, although they they really have players, and many of them capable of being the guy on a given night, but Wong leaves them in scoring at 16 a game. And then Jamarius Burton at Pitt. Has, has done a wonderful job and been and been the most important player on a on a resurgent pit team. So those are some guys. Any other ones that you want to bring up that have either the potential to, to just shine for for a game or two, or just you know might even be an unsuspecting one that you might point out being a, a guy who could be key in helping this team win one or two games. If you're going to pick one player who I could see just you know going Randolph Childress levels of like exploding, putting the team on. I mean, by the way, that Wake team was awesome, but Randolph Childress in that ACC tournament, um, you know, absolutely was the, the alpha of the entire tournament and a player. It's interesting because with Miami, you can like jump on Omier. You can talk about Isaiah Wong. Nigel Pack obviously comes with his own set of expectations, but I could see Jordan Miller just going like total most outstanding player of the tournament, uh, you know, stringing together multiple 20 plus point games in a row on the way to leading Miami to another ACC conference tournament win. That's definitely one that stands out. The thing that's fun about Duke Filipowski. The, the center of that, but to me, the reason they've gotten better is because they've gotten like so much more well-rounded. Mitchell's playing with a lot more confidence. You know, you finally gotten Whitehead healthy again. Lively when he's not in foul trouble is you know such an important factor in the way that they play defense. The way that they share everything makes it difficult for me to see even one player um, exploding from there. And uh, and one other one that you did not mention is the big man down low for uh, Kevin Keats in the Wolfpack because DJ Burns. Mm. Uh, He's he's got good hands and he can throw his weight around. And in the uh, in the modern college basketball game, where like Miami and NC State are on opposite ends of the um, uh, opposite ends of the bracket, if they met, it would only be in the championship game. But where, where Miami is so modern and they've got those versatile wings that can kind of pull you out, one of those Miami bigs having to defend when DJ Burns puts his button to him, that would mm-hmm. that would be a lot of fun to watch. So I would add DJ Burns to the mix as well. 
That's some good stuff there. Burns is a hell of a player to watch. A lot of fun. Let's talk about these teams on the bubble. All right. Teams that need at least one win to maybe have their name called on Selection Sunday or might just be in more danger than people realize because I think there's four of them. Carolina, we already know. Carolina's got to make at least the ACC tournament title game. Don't expect that to happen, but it's got to get there to even have a conversation. Wolfpack. Don't tempt fate. All right. No. You want to t- let's talk about this real quick. Okay, yeah, yeah. For anyone watching on YouTube right now, and I'm going to tell you the matchup right now. NC State's the six, right? It's going to play the winner of Virginia Tech Notre Dame. Right now, NC State. Its metrics are healthy. It's 41 in the net, 37 in both KPI and strength of record, 43 in BPI, 52 in, in Ken Palm, 42 in Sagarin. I'm saying don't lose the game. Because it's win. got no bad loss. No losses outside of the first two quarters no for NC State. No losses. But... A loss would be the first bad loss. And right now, like NC State projects as an 11 seed. I'm just saying, don't lose the game. That's all I'm saying. You win and it's fine. Like you're good. I'm just saying, don't lose it. You lose it. And then we're circling back around and checking the resume. That's all I'm saying. It's, it's, we have these teams every year, Chip, buddy. There's a team that we just assume blindly they're good. And I'm saying NC State's going to get in the tournament. I think it's going to be good. But if it loses to Virginia Tech or Notre Dame, we might need to investigate just a little bit further. That's all. Okay. Disagree? I I think that I'm coming at this more from someone who, like, w- when it's uh, doing, like, picks for Sportsline, either on Sportsline.com or on, you know, the Sportsline hour of CBS Sports HQ, I am coming at this mostly from, like, predictive metric models, which yeah. view NC State as pretty good basketball team. So the, the resume argument is going to be, you know, a big piece of that for the committee. So I think that I'm not disagreeing as much as I am sort of stunned imagining that given the level of play that NC state has shown this year, I, they, they feel like a tournament team to me, it especially, has, it has especially shown that kind of teams that are in the bubble conversation yeah. right now. It's, it's, it's a morass out there, but NC state's 52 in Ken Palm. It's behind sub-500 Oklahoma. It's behind Carolina at Ken Palm. It's behind 10 Lost New Mexico. It's behind North Texas and Liberty. It's behind Oregon. Just saying, just keep an eye. It's going to get in with one win. Don't lose the game. That's all. Now let's talk Pitt and let's talk Clemson. Mm -hmm. Pitt does not have a team sheet metric better than 50 right now. This team was playing for the ACC title a couple of days ago. Has wins and losses in all four quadrants. Pitt's had a good year. In fact, for me, it's house money situation for a Pitt fan. You're now invested. Projects as an 11 seed. As we talk here on a Monday afternoon, 58 in the net, 50 in KPI, 56 in strength of record. That's damaging. And then the predictors don't love him. 68 in Ken Palm, 63 in BPI. Sagarin's got him at 52. 7 and 8 in quad 1 and quad 2. And as I said, they have results in all four quadrants. 4 and 1 in quad 3. 10 and 1 in quad 4. Don't lose. Pitt, don't do it. You lose to Georgia Tech or Florida State? Mm-mm. 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 You're not getting in. At least you shouldn't get in. Yeah. Just don't lose. That's all I'm saying. Don't lose. And then Clemson. Clemson's sitting there with the double bye, Chip. The three seed also has results in all four quadrants. Clemson right now. Is four and three in quad one, three and two in quad two. So the thing that's helping Clemson, it's above 500 in the top two quadrants. There are so many other bubble teams, so that's not the case. Here's the rub six and two in quad three, 
nine and two in quad four, four combined bad losses. And when I say bad losses, they're bad losses. Lost by 10 at Louisville. You can't have it. Lost at South Carolina. It was close. You can't have it. That team's 216 at Ken Palm. Lost on a neutral by almost 20 points to Loyola Chicago, which is 10 and 20. Can not have it. Also got dropped at BC. That's what's bringing Clemson down. I think the Tigers, to remind people listening, because I know you can't picture it in your head or you don't know it off the top, they'd probably play NC State. Got to beat NC State and then win what would likely be Virginia or Carolina. You win both those, you're dancing. One and one, that's a hell of a debate right there. Thoughts on the bubble teams, Chip? I think that Clemson is potentially going to be tasked with, in its first game, defeating an NC State team that it's already beaten twice this year. Uh, They won 78-64, to double-digit win at home. They came into Raleigh. You know, right at that like great, perfect time to nip the Wolfpack on a Saturday in the midst of a ton of other local games that have been huge. They go, they win ninety six to seventy one. If Clemson loses to NC State, failing to get the three peat sweep of the Wolfpack, does that mean that they're done? They're done. They're done. That's not debatable. They will be out. Because question, yeah, go ahead. Well, the thing is, the hey. <laughs> In case Ion College basketball listeners are not familiar, the guidelines change for what is a quad one, quad two win when we go to a neutral site. Yes. And I had considered through the middle of the season that there are probably going to be a handful of teams between 30 and 50 games that you know would be not a quad one, but now potentially could be a quad one. And unfortunately, there's just not that many of them. But NC State is one of them currently at number 41 in the net, as you mentioned. So to me, if Clemson's able to get that first win uh, and NC State is able to get its first win, I think that both those teams are going to be in the NCAA tournament. Uh, The the Pitt issue is difficult because beating Florida State or Georgia Tech does nothing for you. And I don't think that Pitt's going to beat Duke. So uh, as a reminder to listeners, quad one games on a neutral, you're playing a top 50 team in the net. All right, Chip. How many bubble teams are getting into the NCAA tournament from the ACC? I'm only putting NC State there under the under the unlikely scenario that it loses to Virginia Tech or Notre Dame. NC State, Carolina, Pitt, Clemson. That's four. How many of those teams are going? One. You got one of the four. The Wolfpack. Wow. You got one of the four. That would be so ACC, though, to be honest. And then have three teams in the Sweet 16. <laughs> yeah, I know. Nada, NC State, Carolina, Pitt, Clemson. Who's going? I surprisingly have more than Chip. I got Pitt, I got NC State, and I got Clemson going. Because it would be the most ACC thing to have Clemson, Pitt in the final. The way this conference (laughs) has gone this year. (laughs) Yuck. Although the the chaos factor for the ACC tournament. Oh. That's so unfair of me to say yuck, but I I can only be truly myself and and the in a Pitt Clemson ACC championship game in Greensboro, North Carolina, uh, compared to what we could have otherwise, yuck, 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 indeed. Um, pick your bid, thief. Got to be five or lower. Oh, easy. Um, NC State and at twelve to one to win. 
I think that that's again. I don't see Clemson beating NC State for a third time this season. Uh, you know, Clemson's kind of been backsliding throughout the last month or so. Um, I I think that the Wolfpack, when you're looking for you know what you want within a team that can get go on a run in a tournament, that one-two punch of Terquavion Smith and Jarkel Joyner, phenomenal. So even though they would not necessarily be a bid thief, when you go outside of the top seed line or from the yeah. betting perspective, if you want that like some good payout that's a little bit further down the board. I like NC State. You know, you win that first one, you win that second one, and then just getting to the semifinals, the the red like will show up in Greensboro Coliseum. And the the chances for you to be able to ride that as a little bit of a home court advantage have to factor in when you think that, you know, from a, a power rating st- standpoint, they are behind uh, a Miami, a Duke, a Virginia, a North Carolina even. But I, I, I think that if you're looking for someone a little bit further down the board, a good value pick, I like uh, NC State's draw, and I like NC State's you know personnel to be able to okay. put it together. I'm going to put myself on a tighter restriction. Um, s- seven or lower. So Carolina, it kind of goes without saying, but no, we're not picking to do it. And then Wake out of the nine hole? Yeah. I mean, uh, again, we're talking dark horses, and this is the ACC. And if there's any league bracket that is going to have a team five or lower win a tournament, it's this one, in my opinion. It is this one. So Wake would be the only team really that I think uh, Carolina's it, it feels as equal. Uh, we'll see if they can they can put it together. Uh, I just don't I don't have a ton of ton of confidence there. Let's pick the title game matchup. Um, Nada, you're up first. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see the bracket on your screen. Who do you got in the title game? Who do you got winning, Nada? This is, hey, listen, I'm bringing you in. It's your account, your region, and God knows you love this conference. So give me who you got. I know I said Clemson Pitt for the final. I am a mis- uh, I'm just not a masochist like that. So I'm going to go NC State Miami with NC Miami State, winning Miami. it. Miami winning it. Okay, Chip, who you got? I got uh, Duke over NC State. A lot of wolf pack love on this. Parrish is going to be so dispirited he didn't get to do his little, uh, well, the same voice he uses for every other damn thing. Well, can, um, yeah, you yeah, you, you offer yours, and then then I would I would like to uh, to, okay. to to sort of elaborate on that because I have thought okay. about this. Elaborate. We're at the twenty minute mark, and Chip wants to elaborate. Elaborate, yes. you will. I will go. We're like twenty one minutes into this podcast. Have we mentioned the Virginia Cavaliers other than when I said they were the two seed? I'm going with Virginia. I will trust Tony Bennett. Tony Bennett is the only coach in this league that has the team and the coaching pedigree, like the proven coaching pedigree at this point. Larry Nugget's got coaching pedigree, but but Bennett won a national championship. I will go. I I will go Virginia over. um, I I will say Miami. Give me Miami to beat Duke. That could be a great, great semi on. On Friday night, I'll be at the Garden when that one's happening. Um, yeah, give me Virginia over Miami. They get it done. But and I and I respect Miami. I might like Miami's long-term prospect in the tournament again more than any other team. But Miami looks good. Duke has been on a roll. Virginia's Virginia. There's such a grab bag feel to this conference tournament. I'm I'm really excited to see the outright chaos that emerges. All right, what what did you want to elaborate on, my bud? Well, yeah, I just want to start picking apart some of the other options because that's what really got me to my Duke over NC State where um, this ACC tournament, 
is not being held in John Paul Jones Arena. It is not. And Virginia's only home, only win away from John Paul Jones Arena since February 1st is a three-point squeaker at Louisville. As you correctly pointed out on the Ion College Basketball Podcast, it has really been back since they got jobbed on, since Duke got jobbed on the Filipowski call, that things slowly started to unravel a little bit for this Virginia team. And beating Clemson and Louisville, again, in John Paul Jones Arena, where they have been outstanding this season, that doesn't lead me to believe that all of a sudden the form has gotten better. I think Virginia loses to North Carolina. I think that that's what sets up for the uh, the best possible scenario for Greensboro, which is a Duke-Miami early game mm-hmm. and UNC-NC State with Carolina's <laughs> tournament life on the line in the late game. I need that, and I, I know that I'm being influenced when I'm making the prediction, but Virginia struggles away from John Paul Jones Arena and their recent form lead me to believe that North Carolina can go get that win. As you have mentioned, they would need the second win against NC State and oh, what it would mean for an NC State Wolfpack in Greensboro to send North Carolina out of the big dance picture. Uh, and then to look at Miami real quickly. Since yeah. January, oh, did, did man, I should have mentioned this earlier. You might have known this, but at barttorvik.com, you can sort data by using different dates. Did not know this. Yeah. I, I've been using January 28th recently. It was a really big Saturday, and it gives most teams about a nine, 10 game sample size. February 1st sounds better, like since February 1st, da 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 da. Yeah. But if I really want to get into the sorting data, I, I've been using January 28th. Since January 28th, Miami ranks outside the top 100 in defensive efficiency, but is number 340 in field goal efficiency defense and number 352 in two point defense. This is a Miami team defensively. I mean, they're admittedly one of the best offensive teams in the country when everything's clicking and certainly in the ACC. But over the last five, six weeks, this defense has been getting carved up just a little bit. They've been nine and two in that 11 game sample. But again, the field goal efficiency defense, 340, 352 in two point defense coming down the stretch. So I pick off Virginia, I pick off Miami, and I open it up for a tobacco road final of Duke over NC State. And that's why I love this week, man. I get so hyped for these conference tournaments, big and small, because you have these games that carry such urgency and excitement before we even get to the whole big damn thing. Nothing like college hoops. Love it, love it, love it. This week is amazing. You got these teams playing with their seasons on the line, and the next three, three, four days, day hoops going. I just could not, could not be more in. The ACC should be phenomenal. 25 minutes. Broke. We broke. We broke. We broke the seal. What do you want from me? That is the one and only Chip Patterson. He will be on another preview episode, and then we'll get you in for at least one at some point in March here as well. Thank you again to everyone who's listening. If you enjoy these conference pods, these preview pods, please find us. Let us know. Next up, you get a lot of GP. That's it for me. Gary brings in the cast of characters for the other three big six leagues. We'll talk to you soon.